What's up, North Central? Great to be with you guys. Thank you for that warm welcome. And I just want to encourage you right up front, there is nothing common about NCU. There is nothing common about you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 133 that it is from honor that God honors honor. And how many want God to command his blessing on your life? How many want that? I know you do. I know you do. And so honor is the antithesis of our current culture. But God says how sweet it is that the brethren dwell in unity. And it's like the oil that runs down the high priest's robe of Aaron. And what that secret sauce to your family, to your relationships, to your job, to your career, to everything in your life is honor. And I just want to encourage you right up front and see you. There's nothing common about you. There's nothing common about the worship that we just had. There's nothing common about this student body. There's nothing average about you. The Holy Spirit is here. I was like, my God, my God. I remember when I could dance like that. I wanted to get up and jump with you. But listen, I'm just so honored to be here. And I want to take the time right up front to honor this university, but to honor the leadership of this university, President Scott Hagen. And there's no, come on, make some noise and see you. There's no playbook for a pandemic, and he has led courageously through it. Uh, you never hear him complain about anything, and he has sought the Lord, and the Holy Spirit has given him step by step. And we are here today because of his leadership of Pastor, Pastor Scott Hagen, President Hagen, and Karen, a dynamic duo. Can we just make some noise for them right now? Come on in, see you. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. God honors honor. Come on in, see you. Make some noise for your presidents. And then on a personal note, uh, Scott and Karen, Debbie and I, we love you. And we value your friendship. You've enriched our lives. You've enriched our ministry. Our lives are better because of knowing the Hagans. They were with us May 23rd, and May 23rd was Pentecost Sunday. And uh, I grew up Baptist and all of that, but the Holy Spirit's had me on a journey, and I've been seeking him, and I was baptized in the Spirit. And uh, then I, I was kind of scared to lead the church through that because I never talked about that. They were with us May 23rd, and we had several hundred people baptized in the Spirit at Northway Church. It was just amazing, amazing. But we love you guys dearly. I want to talk to you today and see you about map your miracle. Map your miracle. How many of you just are really, really good intuitively at navigating with directions? You just have that gift. Come on. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's not many in the room. How many of you would then have the courage to be transparent and say, Pastor, I'm a little bit challenged when it comes to navigation. I can get, oh, God bless you. Lord, free these people right now in Jesus' name. How many of you have to have your Google Maps or you don't know where you are? How many of you have ever been to someplace before, but you're like, I don't remember. I don't even remember being here. Now, isn't it true, and wouldn't you agree, that there's an unwritten code when it comes to navigation that if you're driving and then you have a passenger, you have a wingman, what is the wingman's responsibility? Come on, somebody. 
This is an unwritten rule and everybody knows it. Because as the driver, you have to stay focused and you have to, you don't have time to be looking at your phone. That wingman, that passenger's responsibility is very simple. Just say, this is where you're going. Up ahead, you need to turn right. Up ahead, about a thousand. Get ready, because you got to make the turn. Coming in last night, driving in, landing really late. I have my beautiful bride here. Debbie, stand up. Married 33 years, and she's beautiful. <laughs> Married above my head. I love her. We have an awesome marriage, except. Oh, I'm going there. Oh, I'm going there. Except it's, it's still a good marriage. It's a great marriage, but check it out. It is tested when she is in the passenger seat. Because this is what happens. And we have some students here from Northway Church. What's up, guys? So they had their phones out. Debbie had their phones out. And they're in the vehicle. And this is what happened last night coming in. We don't know how to get here. Okay, where should I go, guys? Where should I go? Oh, 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 pastor, you're supposed to turn right back there. (laughs) What? What are you you doing? What are you doing? And then I go back, I turn right, then we're moving on ahead, and oh, oh, where where we go next? Oh, pastor, you're supposed to turn left back there. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Have you ever felt in the past 19 months like you've been going through this unprecedented times, and have you felt like, I'm never one, I've never been here before. And I could certainly use some help. And have you ever felt like in the last 19 months, man, I wish I had that information sooner. I wish I knew to turn right before. I wish I knew to turn left before. Because there's no navigation. Have you ever felt over the last 19 months a little bit isolated? Have you found yourself maybe battling some isolation, some loneliness? Have you felt kind of like, oh, man, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe even some panic attacks, depression. I, I don't know. But God, I, I, I wish that I knew where I was. And how about this? Over the last 19 months, have there been, has there been a time in your relationship with Jesus that, man, I, I used to just, I just used to hear from God. I just, I just heard his voice, and with everything going on, it's just a little bit confusing. What if there was a way today, NCU? What if there is a way today that instead of Google Maps, we could have a God map to map your miracle? To map not just where we are today. I don't believe this is a one-off chapel. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to give us a revelation that we'll look back and go, that day changed the trajectory of my life forever. It's carrying me through 21, through 22, through 23, through 24. Whatever happens in this wheels off world, I'm okay because I'm not in this world. I got the word inside of me and I got a map inside of me to let me know this is what's coming. This is where I need to move. Would anybody say, sign me up for some of that today? I believe that's what God wants to do in all of our lives today. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 8, how many of you like Netflix? You're in a safe place. How many have ever binged on Netflix? A lot of co-strugglers here. 
Netflix, you're just so enamored. You get into such a show and you're like mesmerized by the characters and the storyline. And then all of a sudden it's over and they leave you with a cliffhanger. And that little box comes up and says, continue watching. You know you don't have time. You know it's a waste of time. You know you have other responsibilities. You know you should be studying for the class that that guy just got up and said you failed. But you, but you continue watching. And then it's the next episode and you just can't. I got to know what happens next. Yes, continue watching. And then it happens again. Yes, continue watching. It's exactly what's happening in the gospel of Mark chapter 8. In Jesus' Netflix teaching trilogy, people are so enamored that I've got to stay here. I've got to listen to what he's saying. I've never heard someone speak with such authority, with such relevance, with such revelation. In fact, the Bible tells us that one day, continue watching. Two days, continue watching. Three days, continue watching. And it was so good. They even forgot to eat. This makes me insecure as a communicator. But I'll get over it. I'm just trying to keep people's attention for 30 minutes. And the Bible says this. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, NCU. Would you do me a favor? Because there's no other way to get through this. I thought about it a gazillion ways. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, but I know what the Holy Spirit's going to do is give us a roadmap to map our miracle that we can look back on. So would you stand with me as we read the word of God? And how we roll at Northway Church is this. If you see some words capitalized, help me out. Don't leave me hanging and say that word loud and proud. I don't want to be preaching all by myself. All right, here we go. All right. So if you guys can put that up for me. All right, let's read together, NCU. It says, I have what? I have? Oh, oh, man, can you guys just come to New York with me? You sound fantastic. I have compassion for what? For these people. Can we pause right there? Can we just thank Jesus that that's his motivation towards you today? That Jesus doesn't have an agenda? He's not trying at an angle to get something out of you? That whatever you're battling today that you can't even communicate or articulate One of Jesus' names in the Old Testament is a Hebrew name. He's the God who sees. And so he sees you today. He loves you today. He's got your back today. And whatever you're carrying, he has compassion for you. Let's read on. He said, these people have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And the disciples responded, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Let's read on. And then... Jesus said this. Let's say it out loud. What did he say, NCU? He said, How many loaves do you have? Remember that. We're coming back to that. How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, so he blessed it. Then he broke that. And he broke them. Fantastic. And he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. And the people ate and were what? And were How many of us know? That only Jesus can satisfy us. How many of us know today that Jesus can speak to us where your spouse can't, your parents can't, your teachers can't, that no one else can speak to you. But when Jesus speaks to you, he satisfies the soul cravings. Can we give him praise for that?
The Bible says afterward the disciples picked up how many NCU? They picked up seven baskets full of broken pieces that were what? That were? You're not going to hear this in your Bible class. I'm going to throw it out here. Promise you've never heard this. Yes, Jesus was Jewish, but I believe he might have been a little bit Italian. Because he always had leftovers. When you ate with Jesus, you had to break out your stretchy pants. He sent you home with leftovers. Oh, I love that. About I grew up thinking Italian was Shepardee. I met my babe aroma wife. She changed my life forever. Her grandmom came over for Sicily with a big pot of sausage and meatballs. And I'm like, she's beautiful, but I got to marry into this family. Seven left over. 4,000 were present. And after he had sent them away, let's read on. The Bible tells us the plot clots. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus to test him. They asked for what church? They asked for a sign from heaven. And then the Bible says that Jesus, he what he? How annoying do you have to be that God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, they think it's necessary to put in the inspired word of God that will stand for all time. I want everyone to know it wasn't just one of these. Oh, dude. No. Jesus' response was this. (sighs) (sighs) Why does this generation ask for a what? Truly, I tell you, what? No sign. No sign. No sign will be given to you. No soup for you. (laughs) The disciples had what guys had what had? To what to? Except for what? One loaf they had with them in the boat. And what is Jesus? He actually says, he actually says, watch out. Actually, thank you. You're doing awesome. It's me. I want you to know when I cut and pasted that, actually before that, he actually says, watch out. He says, watch out. And then he layers it with what? Be careful. Jesus warned them. There it is. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, why are you still talking about no bread? And then, what does he say? Do you what? Do you still not see? Do you still not see or understand? And are your what? Are your hearts hard? And do you have what? Do you have eyes but fail to, to fail to what? And ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? Don't remember what? Remember what? Let's read on. When I what? When I broke the five lives. Wait a minute. Five. Five. They brought seven. Remember? So what's he talking about? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets and pieces did you pick up? And they said, 12, they replied. And when I, what church? And when I broke the seven loaves and fed the 4,000, how many baskets full of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Let's read on. Let's read on. Hey. Hey. 
Hey, guy up there, there's no more verses. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> Father, can we give it up for Chris? I just met him. Chris, you're awesome. Production people have the most challenging job in ministry. We love you, Chris. God bless you, Chris. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the word of God, the house of God. Thank you for this university. Your favor is all over it. Thank you for the presence of your spirit. Thank you for President Hagen, Karen, your divine protection around them, the staff, the faculty, faculty, always to move forward in unity in this body here that you are going to use. And I love that guy, what he said. They may they take their dancing feet and use it to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout this world. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. Have you ever been in a conversation, map your miracle, map your miracle, and you ever been in a conversation and someone's coming in with you so hot and they're hitting you with so many questions and you're just trying to remember what was the first question and all of a sudden it came in and so what you do, that's what I do, uh-huh, sure, right, absolutely, of course, yes, uh-huh, couldn't agree more, absolutely, Right on, dude. Righteous. I don't know, but you're just coming with different sayings back and forth. And you have one thought in your mind. Let me get out of this conversation as quickly as possible before I get busted that this person doesn't have a clue of what I'm talking about. Have you ever been there? If you're there, that's exactly... Now we're in the disciples' sandals. They have no clue at what Jesus is talking about. Why did you take Jesus off so much? Why is he in such a bad mood? Now, the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and sometimes when I read a text, sometimes he speaks to me. I hear this text in Italian. This is what I hear. Bread? Are you talking about the bread? Why are you talking about? Are you still talking about the bread? How many loaves do you have? Oh, we only brought the one a loaf. Uh, Jesus is upset. Uh, Peter, why didn't you bring the bread? John, why didn't you bring the bread? It's all your fault. Now Jesus is in a bad mood. Bread, why is he talking to us about bread and biology and math and miracles? I don't know what he's even under. What is he saying? I do not understand. How many loaves did you have last time? Let me see. You fed five, a thousand, and we had five loaves. And then there were 12 baskets left over. How many bread did this time? Oh, we had a seven, and then we had a seven left over a basket. Oh, why'd you do the math a different, Jesus? I mean, you're not to understand. And then all of a sudden I thought I understood I thought I understand and then all of a sudden you say I don't have eyes but I do have eyes and I can't see I thought I could see I have ears but I can't hear I don't know bread I don't know (laughs) but Jesus Jesus says, actually, there's no block coming up to continue watching this teaching. You're not going to have that opportunity. And you can see in the text, because I've searched everywhere, and I've been asking the Holy Spirit, what is going on here? They don't understand. How can you equate the Pharisees with your followers? How could you do that? That's That's not fair. And Jesus... No sign. Not having this conversation again. Do you have eyes and you can't see? Can you, do you still not understand? 
I'm guessing that the disciples at this point, they're not feeling anything. I'm guessing at this point, eh, it's just not fun to follow Jesus right now. I'm guessing at this point, man, it wasn't, the, it wasn't my jam. It wasn't my song. It just didn't get me going. I, I don't like this Jesus. I like the other inspirational Jesus. Don't, don't come at me like that, bro. And I believe a compass question, a compass question to map your miracle today, not just today, but you can look back and, wow, if I had this template, it could change the trajectory of my life. I can have not just a Google map, but I can have a God map to know where I am, no matter what this crazy world brings. Is the first compass question is, it's not about what we feel. It's about what we see. It's not about what we feel. It's about what we see. The Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by what? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is assurance and the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what? Of things not seen. And so Jesus is having this intimate, challenging coach talk that, hey, listen, it's time to go to the next level. And it's time to go to the next level. Do not be like the Pharisees because what the Pharisees wanted to do is, hey, we really like that last miracle. And hey, do it again. And actually, the Pharisees wanted to turn Jesus into a genie. The Pharisees wanted to get something out from Jesus, but they didn't want to give their lives to Jesus. What can I get? Show me a sign. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is just saying, I want a generation. And I want a new generation. And I'm speaking prophetically over you in the student body that you're going to emerge in this fallen world and different times come and challenges come. But there's a generation that's not motivated by the feeling of Jesus, that you stand on the bread of life and you know what God has said. And if he has said it, you see it. And if you see it, one of the greatest gifts God has ever given us is our imagination. Einstein said our imagination is more important than knowledge. Vincent van Gogh said, I first dream of painting, then I paint my dream. We have to take the bread of life and the word of God and get it into our lives and into our hearts and say, God, if you said it, that's enough for me. And I believe it. And that's what I'm going for. Come on, somebody. Come on and see you. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, what do you see? Man, I have so much to share. What do you see? This generation, you, you're going to outlive President Hagen. You're not going to outlive. You're going to take this, you're going to take the gospel. You're going to take the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're going to be able to face persecution. You're not going to be, you're going to have like that Daniel in the lion's den that you can stand up no matter what. You're going to have that Paul and Silas type of faith that if you're thrown into the prison and there's no worship and there's no music and there's no lights, there's no podcast, there's, there's no IT, there's nothing, you don't have your playlist, that's okay because you're good. Because you're not moved by a feeling, you're moved by the word of God and you're able to worship God and to come into his presence. What do you see? What do you have? Pastor, I don't have it. Yeah, you do. You have everything you need. Your greatest abilities, your availability. It's the greatest thing you have. We moved to New York with nothing. We moved there with nothing. It's the most unchurched area in the United States. We didn't know, but God called us. 
you, you can see the video and like, oh, that's really awesome. You wouldn't said that just several years ago. Dilapidated retail spot, month to month lease, the struggle, the fight, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God, a series of miracles. What do you see? What, what do you have? The third question is, what breaks you? I'm a stubborn guy. That can be good. And it can be bad. There have been times in the last 19 months I'm like, oh, 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 God, where, where are you? What is this? I don't feel it. I don't want you to feel, buddy. I want you to say, oh, open the eyes of my heart. Give me manna from heaven. What do I have? Have I crawled off the altar? And then what breaks you? My mom, my dad went to heaven five years ago. It's been interesting to navigate and help our mom. I'm from out of state and it's tough. My mom's battling Alzheimer's and moving her from here to here to here to here. She's in the last, she's in the last stage of that. I'm not proud to say this. I would do everything I could do when I talked to her on the phone, FaceTime, make her laugh, make her cry, and pray with her. Those are my things. Make her laugh, make her cry, pray with her. I can't do that. She didn't have that ability. I didn't want to go. Just came from seeing her. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go because I didn't want to see her because she can't speak. And so Debbie and I went. We went into the room. We saw her. There's my mom. It's like she knew me, but she couldn't say my name. We spent like as much time as we could. It was just awkward. She just stood there. She needed to be distracted. And prayed with her. My sister says, wouldn't it be awesome if you and your bros went and sang for her? We haven't sang in 30 years. And when we sang, it was like Southern gospel music. She wouldn't understand. She wouldn't receive it. And we went. It took, and we did. I want you to show this video and we'll, we'll be done. Can you show that video, please? My mom could not say two words. My mom could not put a sentence together. My mom, she's never worshipped Jesus, raising her hands her entire life. What happened? The Holy Spirit fell and fell, and she came out of that. And she came out of that, and she worshipped Jesus. And not just, she, just, she didn't just remember the words. 
She knew the meaning of the words. And after that, she hugs me and she says, I love you and I pray for you every day. She hugs my wife and she says, Debbie, I love you and I can't wait to hear you preach again. How does that happen? What do you see? What do you have? What breaks you? God opposes proud people. He can't use you. He's not, he's not impressed with your knowledge, your gifts, your talents. It means nothing. But if we will humble our hearts before God, he will map your miracle for the rest of your life. And you, he will bring you through time and time and time again. And I don't know how to end this. I'm over. Would you stand up before and just say, I receive it in Jesus' name. And I'm going to kick it to the worship team and uh, President Hagen, or kick it actually to the President Hagen. And uh, we love you today. God bless you. Father, I just speak in the name of Jesus, healing. Father, I speak in the name of Jesus that whatever we need, would you lift your hands towards heaven and see you? Would you just, and Father, I speak, Lord, but whatever we need, you have compassion for us, Father, and we lean into you and we believe your word and we thank you. Lord, we open up our mouths and we speak to that mountain and we speak on the authority of the word of God. We're not going to rely on an emotion. We're going to come to you and we're going to see what you see. We're going to call it in. It's not a financial problem. It's a faith problem. It's not a healing problem. It's a faith problem. And we believe with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. We will continue with our hands raised up to give you all of our lives. And Lord, walk before you as you bless us, but you break us through humility in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.